Ben, how are you? Pretty good. You been know, a little bit. It's been it's been a minute. And listen, let's. What a few a years, <laughs> millennials. No, uh, listen. You know, we started a website. We started a, a creative coalition of sorts called A Little Fire Burning. We are we owners of it, part owners. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I'm really excited. And this is the first episode we're going to record under that banner. Formerly a Bit Blast Network show, now A Little Fire Burning. We're official. We own our own shit, which is exciting. Um, it is exciting. And let's quickly, I know we, not, we don't like do general intros and stuff like that, but we have close to 200 people who've joined this and we only launched it last week. Like that for me is fucking life affirming and amazing. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. thank you for uh, keeping the fire burning as we say here. Um, I have had some topics to talk about, man, because I've lived a life since we've talked. Right. Yeah. Uh, entire lifetimes have passed. You know, we've traversed <laughs> the, the sands of time and space. Babies were born. Right babies back. died. SIDS. Oh, wow. It's an epidemic. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> It's not a very long time span, <laughs> being honest. But you know, you remember that episode of Six Feet Under? They manipulate the shit out of you. I think it's right in the first season, and they put a baby in the crib. And right, and you're like, oh, it's gonna up. be a dead baby. Right. Yeah. They, it is a dead baby. It, like, it's exactly the twist you think it's gonna be. Yeah. It's like, Which makes it more awful. There's actually, if I can spoil a little bit of the new Halloween, there's a moment where it's this long take uh, following Michael Myers killing a bunch of people through a house. And then he like winds up here. Here's a crying baby goes right up to the crib with the knife and pauses and then decides not to kill the baby. Keeps going. Dumb. Like that's not my Michael Myers. Look, I'm not advocating child murder. I need to be very but clear about that. Hesitate, right? You uh, are Michael Myers. Like the, the Michael Myers we grew up with, right? That's would not Michael for Myers a second. Is yeah, I mean, if you're not killing babies, you're not really Michael Myers, okay? Like, and I know they never specifically said that in the original films, but it was a. I mean, maybe he was going deep psychological with it because he just killed the baby's mom, so I guess he's killing the baby's uh, <laughs> chance of having a normal upbringing. Right. Why kill this fucking? I just ruined his potential. Like, let's see him <laughs> fulfill that lost potential. <laughs> he's gonna check in 15 years later and see you how know, fucked up. The thing is, as ruthless as Michael Myers is, doesn't get the credit for the psychological like banshee that he that he also is right. like it's not like he just straight up like tried to kill laurie strode he like stalked her and right. would like appear and disappear improbably behind <laughs> edges before he tried to actually ramp up to the real murder right do you do you think that like scary movie right because those movies are terrible don't get me wrong but scary I, movies has the first one is really interesting to me because they talk about like like the reality of those situations where you look and someone's yeah. there and then you look again and they're not there. The reality is this guy is like, oh. literally weeping <laughs> like, and running away. Yeah. You know, jumps out of frame just in time for you to see him or, or he's sticking out of the tree that he just ran behind, you know, <laughs> right. uh, that's the thing. Like those movies, as bad as they are, they, they also really, they cut through the bullshit of horror tropes, man. Right. They really did. I, you know, a part of me thinks I need to rewatch at least the first two. Um, but then another part of me thinks, nah, I'm good. <laughs> they were a product of their time. The thing is, the first two, I think, I mean, those are the Wayne Brothers movies. And I'm not saying they're masterpieces, but I'll tell you that there's at least a couple belly laughs in those. Because right. when Zucker took over, they just became so fucking stale and weird. And it, it was not too far removed from like date movie or epic movie or any of those fucking goddamn Friedberg and Seltzer pieces of shit. Right. Which I've heard the third. Or something? Did they stop? 
I think Hollywood finally got wise to it. <laughs> like they'd been hoodwinked the whole time. Well, I figured that they were going into pitch meetings with like the Groucho masks and glasses mm-hmm. and shit, you know, just like constantly changing one thing. You remember like back in the Tammany Hall, New York days, right? They would shave you and like shave your mustache and they put a fake mustache on. You'd right. vote four or five times. That's how they were getting movies made, man. Oh, so like people didn't know like who they were. And then they just ran through the course of all their many disguises. Well, what I'm saying is if if, if they knew all these bad ideas were coming from the same person, they would have said, fuck no. But they're like, well, that's one bad idea from this separate team. Like, we got to be okay with that. If a different team is saying that it'd be a good idea to have a parody of 300 where Lady Gaga shows up and goes, oh, no, the Hulk just pooped in the street. Then. Did they actually get Lady Gaga for that? Or was that. A fake Lady Gaga. I just want to know where she lowers herself. Like, when she tries to go for this Best Actress Award, if they're going to dig this out, like, this is going to be her Norbit. You know what I mean? Oh, You know, Armand White, the critic, says that Norbit is actually an unsung masterpiece. What happened to him as a child? That's what I want to know. Like, who touched him or... (laughs) What film touched him? Such a contrarian shit about everything. Right. I don't know. It, it does seem abnormal to the point of just like, you know, he's, we've talked about this before, but he's the kind of guy who goes to church to, to rebel. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. crazy to me. I don't know. Fucking Armin White. <laughs> anyway, listen, man, I've lived a life <laughs> since I last yeah, saw you. Lived a life. So I went to go see uh, here in Philly right before I went to Austin last time we spoke. Mm. Um, I went to go see the band Y that I'm a big fan of. You know, I've been a big fan of them for a little bit. Uh, I've never quite got you Did on them. Did they ever answer that question? No. Why with the oh. question mark? And they never wow. let you know why. Wow. Um, me and Morgan bond over this. This is like one of the, the few things me and Morgan are like homies over, which is why. Mm. But um, So I went to go see them, and it was a really cool – they're doing a 10th anniversary show for this album they had called Alopecia, which is like this masterpiece. I love it. It's amazing. Awesome. They played it front to back. And I, here's the problem about getting older is uh, when I was like 19, I was thinking about this November of uh, 2011. That was the year I saw, we went to Bonnaroo, number one, Mm. or 2010. We went to Bonnaroo. I saw the Flaming Lips three times. I saw the Arctic Monkeys with you. I saw LCD sound system, sleigh bells, like management. That was the year of concerts, right? And now I'm thinking about me now, which is like the effort it takes for me to go to a concert anymore. Because I just can't get up out of your chair when you don't have to dude i just want to watch killing Eve. i just yeah. want to watch killing eve that's I'm all i'm so do. glad that you're all about killing eve now by the it way it is so like, good in ways i don't know how to describe but let's put a pin in that we'll get back sure. to it uh sure, sure. so i go to this y show uh and you know it's fine and people are cool and whatever and everyone shows up and they do that mad crunch right before the next thing and honestly everyone's still cool there's like people to my left people to my right everyone is cool as fuck then yeah. there's this one guy where I swear to God, like, what, what, what fucking serial killer's fever dream, man, could possibly have, have, have spawned such a fucking unique dude? Because in a way, he was sort of like Spicoli from Fast Times, um, McConaughey from Dazed and Confused. All right, all right. Um, yeah. And then just the dumbest motherfucker ever. You pick it. <laughs> Name a dumb fuck from any movie ever him okay uh he was he was jason from the good place you know what i mean like like he's like chill as shit but he's dumb as shit yeah and like here's the thing terribly nice like so nice that if for me to hate him for any reason is so stupid on me 
Yeah, I'm, I'm being the asshole here. I'm unreasonable for hating someone who's doing nothing but being kind. But at one point, he finds like a friend, and he, this is a guy who's like, "We drove two hours to be here, man. Oh, I can't wait." So, a couple, couple things. He's talking to a homie next to him, and they're getting into an art conversation. And this guy is talking about the lead singer of the band. This band is called Why Fronted by a man named Yoni Wolf. Okay. Um, Yoni, Y-O-N-I, Y-O-N-I. This guy referred to him. He's like, listen, this is my favorite band. They're the greatest lyrics of all time. He's probably the best musician who's ever lived. And I just think that like, no one is as good as Yanni is, okay? And I was like, okay, well maybe he said it fucked up once. That's fine. (laughs) Let's see what happens. He proceeds to call this guy Yanni six times. That would be somehow forgivable if it was like, you know, an A in his name or some shit. But there's already a very well-established Yanni, right? Like, we all know who the fuck Yanni is. Um, yeah. I, I was, like, so upset because, I don't know, I don't know. He was just ranting and raving out he was the biggest fan in the world, but he couldn't pronounce this guy's name right. I don't know how to say the guy's name. That's only the first grievance. That's the first fucking offense here. I don't know. You have multiple grievances. Well, just because he was a guy who, who he, he thought he was... He was the best. He went to a concert, and he just wanted to enjoy it and celebrate it. No. What did he do to you? I refuse to let you make a case for this guy. He, okay. It was as if this guy... Like, okay, he, he had gotten... To, he, he's from the future and went back to what he thought was 2001. But secretly, it's 2018 (laughs) because he's making (laughs) references to shit like, oh, I just I love good art, bro. Like, but I like indie shit. I like shit you've never heard of. Like, have you ever heard of Guy Ritchie? And I'm like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Because because Lockstock is 99, right? But like Snatch is 2002. Sure. Like there's some uh, independent whatever there, right? Anything with Brad Pitt in it is no longer independent. I'm sorry. (laughs) So the guy was like, yeah like i've heard of guy Ritchie, and he's like oh cool cool have you ever heard of wes anderson right and and we're just like again bro like even in 2001 bombs came out everyone knows who wes anderson is you know what i mean let alone 17 years later and a couple oscar nominations and wins and shit after so i don't know just this guy was just like he was so overwhelmingly nice but it was as if he discovered art himself and he was on a goddamn Christian missionary mission to spread the good word, spread man. The word about like very well-known directors. I just heard this new cat. You ever heard of him? Spielberg. He's going to blow your mind. Like it was wild, man. I could not. And, and it was so distracting. Like, being like, I'm a film buff. I'm really into Tarantino. Well, I got into something with that recently. Uh, so there's a the neighbor, Toby. You've, we've heard tales of Toby before. Toby. Toby Tail. He's getting into Jordakowski, which I'm really into because I like Holy Mountain and Jordakowski's Doom is really interesting and blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. But he's friends with a guy who's going to film school right now and he's just like, oh my God, dude, like I, I just, I'm going to film school. I, Tarantino is the greatest filmmaker who's ever lived. And like, this is the thing because I'm constantly arguing with you that I, I really like Tarantino, but I'm under no delusion that he is original in any way like and it's the idea this is my issue with robert i love you robert in case you're listening but motherfucker get different access points of references other than breaking bad and game of thrones like when you're impressed by shit that the sopranos did 20 fucking years ago but you don't know it because you're too goddamn stupid to go back and watch the fucking don't give me that look all right i'm unhinged today robert i love you i've known you for a decade go watch the sopranos this is bullshit all right but it's still the idea that like people don't have a fucking reference point and that's how i felt about this cat at the y concert 
And I just thought, like, this isn't on him. Like, you have no frame of reference, Donnie. But (laughs) he didn't do anything wrong here, Max. Like, that's the the takeaway. He is just a good guy who drove two hours to go see a show. He asks him about things that he doesn't realize are very well known. Right. I am the curmudgeon. I am the piece of shit who is, it was, who was like, if this was fucking, uh, you know, what's, oh my God, who is the guy who did the white terror? I don't know. I'm forgetting my Spanish history here, but if this was like Stalin's Russia, this motherfucker would have been put in this, the firing squad. Okay. Like just for annoying people. You're the Stalin here, right? I'm the Stalin here. Yes. I'm the Stalin. You want me to never make you a leader of any Dude, I, you know, exactly. people say that all the time. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I've always thought that's bullshit until I got the slightest bit of power and I just started being an asshole to everyone. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess, I don't know. I was, I was going to relate it to uh, relate it back to you because it's like, I like concerts. I enjoy live music. I feel like, and I'm 28. Like you're 28. We're not old, dude. 28 but we're rapidly approaching the point where we could be the old people at the concerts i really felt like that when i saw yellow days recently in philly because it was i was just surrounded by like 19 to 23 year olds is my guess just like college kids that were going to college in philly and they're like oh let's go see a cool stoner band you know and i was like the one 28 year old dude just standing in the back because i was annoyed by all the young people around me like so, I could have gotten closer, but I was just surrounded by throngs of young people just talking about, you know, hip music and trends. What's our recourse? Uh, do we just, do we stay away from concerts forever or do we do we we act in, in steadfast and defiance? I mean, I was thinking about this because like I remember going to Bruce Springsteen concerts with my parents and it was just I remember like kind of feeling this cringy feeling of being surrounded by 40-year-old people who were like letting their hair down and smoking a doobie while listening to the boss and it was like i don't want to be that guy either so like what do i do do i just age gracefully in the shadows uh do do i call it quits now or do i go to like my old man concerts (laughs) yeah i think we're only allowed to go to concerts where the average age is going to be 10 years older than us so we can always be the annoying young people to them you know we get them to leave so we have more time in our prime just a stadium with bruce springsteen and just like four people how was that experience? So you went to a bunch of Springsteen concerts when you were young with your parents. And then when, when I was 18 for my birthday, you and I went to, to Springsteen. Springsteen concert. Right. I've seen Bruce Springsteen like five times live. Um, what, what's the fan ever? <laughs> what's the dichotomy there in those experiences though? Because one year that you're super young, probably too young to actually appreciate the music. I'm not saying that you're not right. young enough to appreciate Springsteen or whatever, but at mm-hmm. the time, certainly as like, cause you went well, young. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen's not somebody who you understand when you're nine, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not writing about nine-year-old's problems, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's like writing about compromise and like knocking a girl up too young and not having a life anymore and working at the factory and like looking back and like his hands are like wrinkly and old and how did that happen? It's like you're not going to understand that shit when you're like, you know, farting on the couch and watching Rocco's <laughs> Modern Life, you know. Not that you're understanding that either. I guess the point here <laughs> is that it was a very a different bad example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really understand when I was 18 either, but I could at least start to grasp like what he was feeling. Cause right. that's what Bruce Springsteen's all about. He's literally the Friday night lights of musicians. It's just hard on his sleeve, working class, just you know fucking beautiful bro you nailed it like that is the best <laughs> I've, I've been springsteen's looking for the the fifth act of his career and he's right. to be like the friday night lights of musicians because it's true man like I, the older i get 
the more beautiful Born to Run gets or like yeah. 10th Avenue Freeze Out or any of those. Born to Run specifically, just every song on that track just gets me the first three records yeah. because they're, they're, they're written from such an earnest place. And yet it's like, he, it's like McCartney. We talk about McCartney all the time. Like to write those songs at 23 to 27 is like, how the yeah. fuck does anyone do that? Let alone, how did you feel that? Yeah. Because I'm 28 now and I probably couldn't articulate that. Right. And also like looking at like Dylan when he was young, man, like just like saying things like fucking my name, it means nothing. My age, it means less. And he's like 19 or something. Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The answer is blown in the wind. Like it's, that's some like deep shit. And I wonder yeah, if dude. he fully understood it. Like if he'd lived it or if he was just approximating something. Probably a little bit of both. I always liked mailboxes drip like lampposts in the birth canal of the Coliseum. Mm. Dewey Cox, 1966, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right. That was the one. That was the one that always right. stuck with me. <laughs> Here's another question. Was Dylan just full of shit half the time and we think he was brilliant and he was just like spouting off some bullshit and knew it was bullshit? And he's no, like, and I'll tell you why. There's this, <laughs> there's this scene in No Direction Home, and I'm sure I've talked about it at, at uh, length where, with where you. He's like reading the sign, and he does like a whole spoken I word. I kind of love it, man. And it, it just makes you realize that this guy can literally see the art in anything, which is great yeah. because like I'm, I'm a writer, and we're artists, and we, you and I want to create art. But we also like we're at that point where we have to – like when I write, I have to say – fucking right <laughs> fight through the 20 minutes of wanting to go play xbox or go shoot people on red dead like yeah. sit down at a fucking blank page and, and write and you have to force yourself then there's other people who are always on right and i love that scene because it's like he's just smoked a j and he's walking by a fucking sign he's like hey right, i'm gonna do this for the next six hours <laughs> like and just does it man it's incredible right. so I, I always go back to that i think he was probably on some next level shit minnesota there wasn't a lot going on don't misunderstand me. Like he definitely like super fucking talented dude. But do you think that we maybe overhype him on the like level of like everything he wrote means something, or was he just playing with language in general? Oh, I think he was just playing with language. I, I'm sure there are things, and he's talked about it where he's just yeah. like, "Oh, I couldn't write that now. I, I don't know who could." <laughs> like, right. I, I, I love that about him, by the way. There, like, there's, I think it was maybe in that same documentary where Joni Mitchell is just talking about Bob Dylan when she played a song once, and he was like, "Oh, well, that's a really good song," and she was like, "Yeah, I think I thought you'd like it. You fucking wrote it." <laughs> Like he forgot that he'd written this really nice song. I don't know. Well, you have to think about it. He has 40, 41 records, dude. 41. Like, how do you even, how do you remember? Like, all right. So I think about this all the time. How do people remember the songs? Of, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said at least 10 of those are all timers too. Oh, I, I completely agree. Yeah. And that's the, that's the real gift of Dylan, to be honest, is that we, we hear a narrative. Same thing with the Beatles. Same thing with all really great bands. We hear a narrative of what's their golden era. Right. Yeah. And so we all assume early Dylan uh, till what blood on tracks. Right. Then he went weird in the late seventies and then he got back on track and then he was weird throughout the whole nineties until 97. Right. Did seven. Uh, what was that? Time out of mind. Time out of mind. Yeah. yeah. So that's the point. We, we hear a prescriptive idea of the golden age of Bob Dylan. <clears throat> so after you go through all that shit, you kind of go back and you start listening to some of the stuff that people said wasn't as good. And you find some things that you really fucking love. That's how I felt about the Paul McCartney shit. Like McCartney, if you if you go by like what people say about McCartney, Beatles broke up, then he sucked until Band on the Run came out, right? 
but yeah. he put out two records and they're really fucking good now of course they're not the beatles man like because band on the run isn't the beatles either but it's good in its own right but yeah. it's just like going back and, and 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 listening for yourself i'm sure there are other examples of this musician wise but you know uh, you know i mean like fucking tom waits i want to talk about singer songwriters i don't think that he has a bad phase in his career i have phases that i prefer over others but like i don't think he's really even made a bad record i think what does that say about just entry waypoints to difficult types of music and i'm not saying that to be like whatever i think tom waits like once you're in the weights of it all mm. you can listen to any of it but you right. certainly can't start people with like swordfish trombone you know what i mean like that's that's uh, I mean, I started with mule variations, and I think that that's a really good one to start with because it starts with like weird Tom Waits, but it also has ballad Tom Waits, it has spoken word Tom Waits, and it's like all like lumped into one record. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's a perfect microcosm of what that guy does. You got come on up to the house, you got hold on, but you also got Filipino box spring hog, like yeah. like it's all over there, chocolate yeah. Jesus, you know. Um, so that's a great one to start with. Like Rain Dogs, I I adore Rain Dogs, probably very grateful it was like the fourth or fifth record i listened to because yeah. i don't think i would have been on board with singapore <laughs> like i'm gonna be yeah. real with you um but you know i just think it's interesting like what gets you into music in general the different emotional entry points and stuff like that because it's it's always really subjective to begin with but i mean is there an artist you can think of that like at a certain point in your life you really liked one part or one phase of their career more when you were younger and now as you get older you appreciate way more another part um yeah, I mean I guess Dylan to be honest like I I haven't loved later Dylan I mean I loved Thunder on a Mountain wait not what is that what is that uh, Modern Times it's called right Thunder on a Mountain um but then like even the last couple things he's put out he put out a triple album called Triplet or whatever like 2 years ago and it it's dude it's beautiful like I want to hate on it it's like he learned how to sing again he's got like this beautiful crooning voice man I, I saw him live um just to say that I saw him live um right. and it was pretty rough uh but I saw him I saw him before he died and he's still you know he's still out there I right guess. what what's your Never what's heard. your uh bucket list here uh, before they uh, die not you to see before they die Tommy Dubs, for sure, right? Yeah, Tom Waits is on there. Maybe just Tom Waits, honestly. Maybe Nick Cave. Mm. Um, he's, he's great. I feel like I missed the boat on Nick Cave. I, I really love certain songs that I've heard. That's like, Can I tell you that the best part of the entire Harry Potter film series is just when Hermione and Harry dance to that Nick Cave song? <laughs> I'm like, it's beautiful! <laughs> like, it's the best part of the whole series to me, man. Right. But the rest of it, you're like, eh, I don't know. No, I love Harry Potter. I just how good that song is. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right, right. I just don't know. I don't know where to start with Nick Cave. You know, like he, I mean, he's uh, enigmatic. Yeah, well, he he wrote uh, some movies about the Wild West, and he really loves death and tragedy and nice. how people ain't no good. Yeah. You know, like that song, "People Ain't No Good." Yeah, That's I good know song. that song. People well, ain't no good. <laughs> people ain't no good. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Nick Cave, Nick Cave is up there. Uh, the rest of them can die. It's fine. I don't need to see the Rolling Stones. I'll be all right. Would you like to see McCartney? Because apparently he's still putting on shows, dog. Like, he would play to ACL this last year, and he was killing it. I would love to see McCartney if he didn't cost, like, $250 for he's a legend. He's a legend. You got to see him. pay that much. What if Ringo showed up? That's two out of the four, bro. That's 50%. Eh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I got the rooftop concert to lean on. It's fine. Right. Um, 
can I switch gears here, man? Because there's another thing that I was like, I'm, I'm not going to admit that I was stoned and I was thinking about stuff. But anyway, I was stoned the other day and I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about, I was, I, I've re-listened to Hamilton. Hamilton's bullshit because it makes you think that everything happened. No, it's great. It just makes you realize that history was a lot less interesting than what it is presented as and that that musical it's distilled it's it, they broke down all the thing to make sure it was like pack a punch pack a punch then this happened and you're like oh that's awesome right. but like you know every time i'm just like jefferson said something snarky and then hamilton fucking freestyled like that didn't happen like i have right. to tell Real myself life, that. they were probably writing each other letters that took like months on months end. to get yeah, to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I forgot what I even fucking said. Why are we mad at each other? Yeah. Like the majority of their time was probably spent, you know, just drinking in pubs and like arguing about how, like, I don't like these taxes. And exactly. Like, I don't like them either. And some guys <laughs> like, oh, I like taxes. And they're like, get the fuck out of our. Shut bar. up, John Bartholomew. You drunk. <laughs> There's a lot of name calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but I was thinking about like the American Revolution itself, right? Because look, America's got some problems. We're going through a rough. It's rough patch right now. I think right. we're better than ever, bro. I don't think that's true. You got to be careful saying shit like that. Um, I mean, better than ever in terms of like we're now uh, fully examining uh, where we're at as a country. Sure. You know, way that maybe on we the decline. Um, that roller coaster is going down. That's you know what, what happens with roller coasters after they go down. They don't keep going down. They they eventually level out. And yeah, but they ever they never get as high as the first drop, bro. That's the point. Well, okay. I'm just saying, <laughs> not, not to be a downer, but my point is this, like for all the objectively fucked up things that we have done, right? Yeah. There is objective badassness in our DNA, bro. Because like, if you ever just sit to actually think about the American revolution, we've, we've taken detours here before. We've talked about Ben Franklin. Okay. We've talked about other people. Just think about the American revolution itself, homie. It's mm. kind of the most badass thing that's ever happened. Like when we dumped all that tea? Yeah, that was our idea. Fuck you. <laughs> like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Like they already had Boston accents fully. Formed. Exactly. Fully formed. Like fucking racist as shit. You <laughs> dumped a shitload of tea. Throw it in the hopper. Got to roll. <laughs> so, but, but that's my thing. That was our form of protest. And this shit was, again, a powder keg, but a... a or remove powder keg. You lit that fuse and it took a long time to go because um, mm -hmm. we just kept dealing with bullshit. Um, right. Boston Massacre happens. I don't think we're in war for another five, six years or some shit. Like, it took a while. Yeah. But the idea is when we started this fucking war, the British, they, they spotted up, dude. The British came up and they were like, you know what? 30,000 troops, motherfucker. So the British came to New York, surrounded the goddamn harbor, took that shit immediately. Like, we lost right. that fight really hard. Okay. And literally, like the whole story of it goes that we just kept getting our asses kicked. We lost six out of nine battles. But at some point, Washington is just a pimp and is like, you know what? Fuck this. We just going to hide in bushes, motherfucker. And they yeah. were hiding in bushes and shit. <laughs> they would just jump out, scare them, kill them, get the fuck out of there. Like, it's amazing. Do you think that Britain like talked about us back then in the same way that we talk about like terrorists and insurgents today? I'm sure that's the whole point. Thank you for saying this. Cause this is literally my point, which is like our birthright. Okay. Yeah. What gave us freedom was being fucking guerrilla warfare, man. Right. Just like setting up traps, showing no mercy, total war, 
oh my god man it's metal yeah. as fuck i'm sure that people aren't going to be like too happy about me saying or comparing like our founding fathers to you know isis or whatever or al-qaeda but like you know they're not going to stand up to the full brunt of the american military com- uh, complex, complex. Yeah. yeah um facing it head on but if they're they're hiding in uh caves or they're you know doing some insurgency shit or doing some like creative shit with their i don't know how many caves they're hanging out of either that may be about them today but like sure. back, back then we were probably hiding in caves i saw the patriot with mel gibson he was hiding all the time in caves though <laughs> not the main bad guy with an american flag covered in blood it's a good part it actually happened that, that, that's the real that's the one true part they're like this Hashtag, happened <laughs> it actually happened what a bullshit um, movie that was uh, it was it was not great but you felt something right you're like yay yeah. america my my hey, larger pleasure. point though is like we we legit had to uh to quote hamilton outlast outrun you know what i mean like just keep just make it uncomfortable basically be flies at a barbecue to, to britain's you know cookout um yeah, fine <laughs> that's, what it was. that's all it was dude like we didn't you realize we didn't win win right we yeah. just made it to the point where they're like we don't want to spend more money like, on this <laughs> and then like 20 or 30 years later britain was like ready to come back they got some fly repellent they're like right well bitch <laughs> it literally was like me kicking cigarettes because i just didn't have the money to kick like to keep buying them it wasn't right. because the cigarettes <laughs> killed me like so I'm really proud of that, man. It's it's a real like we just we were annoying to the point that we made them surrender, which is kind of amazing. Um, I mean, that's a great tactic in war. Just be really obnoxious. I mean, lessons learned from the American Revolution. <laughs> that's what we're doing now lessons for sure. Forgotten, you know, maybe. Um, no, it is one of those things I was just thinking about, like truly ob- objectively great things. You can't talk shit about the moon landing, whether we did it or not. You know, it's <laughs> pretty great. If we faked it, also an achievement, bro. Like, do you think we fa- are you one of those? No, 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 no. I just I feed the trolls. I, I think we've definitely been to the moon, but okay. I like the idea that Kubrick is that good of a filmmaker. <laughs> like, yeah. I just watched 2001: A Space Odyssey. It's fire, man. Like, it's legit. And people are like, well, if he could fake that, then he could fake the whole moon. He, he took it cinema verite. He was like, we're gonna make this real. <laughs> we're gonna use shitty cameras, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, like it was all documentary style. This he was doing shit, he was doing mockumentary before anyone else was. Can you can you imagine like how it would feel if you like fucking went through what those first astronauts had to go through to get to the moon? Like I saw first man, and I know you haven't, but like they went through some hellish fucking conditions, saw a lot of their friends die, finally get there just to get back and people be like, it was fake. Well, did that pick up steam immediately? I feel like everyone was on board for the first couple. I'm sure of years. that there were some hippies being like these buzz cut motherfuckers, thinking <laughs> that they can fool me. I got the answers right here, baby. They're looking up at the moon, like I don't fucking see them, and man. <laughs> like writing a zine or whatever they had instead of blogs back then. Like moon was fake. The whole moon's fake, not just the landing. The whole thing. And they just passed it out to their various groups throwing it at church groups like yeah suck on we are truth bombs fucking nearly 50 years later man and the conspiracy is going strong (laughs) we are we are seriously we're 50 we're next year right not even next year like fucking five months dude april right isn't it april or was it june i I think it was april 69 sure yes sure sure why not why fucking not? It was I don't important, know, man. important enough for me to remember the date. Probably. 
I just don't, don't. The single greatest achievement in human history. Like, I don't got to know that, yeah, you know? I mean, and, you know, that was why Damien Chazelle um, chose not to show a prominent shot of the American flag because he felt it was a human achievement, not a uh, not an American one. And that's kind of what the movie presents it as, First Man, I'm talking about right now. Do they show um, some unity still, at the end? Is it like a Rocky Four montage of like Russian people being like, okay, America. It actually has this really, I don't want to spoil the movie because it's, I, I think that in parts it's, it achieves fucking pure greatness. Like it's uh, fucking wonderful and you should really watch it. All right. but, um, it actually uh, has a really quiet uh, personal moment, like note um, when they land on the moon. That was like really kind of breathtaking. Really? Yeah, it's great. I'm into it, man. You should watch it. Uh, Gosling. Oh, too late. Gosling. Gosling, though. Oh, you're anti Gosling now? I'm not anti Gosling. I just want to know is he even doing an accent in that? Like, what's going on in that trailer, man? I don't. Uh, should we even watch the movie and find out? Yeah, but the trailer told me so much yeah, about that accent. Yeah, sad, sad Ryan Gosling. That's all you need to know. Is, uh, he's, does he act? Is he literally just doing that face the whole movie? He acts in every movie. <laughs> For people who can't see the video portion of this, I just oh. shot Max a look so hard. It, it went I've straight through the goddamn internet. Look at anything like that. Like, that was just pure, incredulous, almost hatred. Incredulous. Uh, yeah, I was incredulous, man. I'm sorry. Just, um, I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying. You know, I feel like he did two movies with Nicholas Winding Refn where he was pulling a lay samurai kind of uh, French New Wave, not uh, I don't talk. Yeah. thing. Yeah. And people were like, he don't act. He don't act. But uh, right. you know what? He does. That's my counter argument. He does. So Agatha Christie, man, check this shit out. <laughs> I just, I don't want to, Gosling's too hot of a topic, man. I don't want to, I don't want to touch that and piss the wrong people off. Rules, all right? Yeah, we'll say that's a great majority rules. Yeah, check out majority rules. Um, Agatha Christie, bro. And this is not, you know this story because we all know this story. And then there were none. Hmm. Okay, what's the original title of that? Do you know the original title? Uh, isn't it racist? Very racist. Okay. Mike. Well, you don't have to say it. But for y'all who want to know, it's real racist. All right. Uh, so they ended up changing it. So this is what happened. First, it's called 10 Little, eh, right? Then they're like, that's too racist. Let's call it 10 Little Indians. And then they were like, that's too racist, too. And then there were none. <laughs> so they broke it down to that. You ran out of titles. Right. Like, I have no more titles. Well, see, I got really curious about this because I'm like, Agatha Christie, surely, I know you wrote, you're old as fuck, but surely yeah. you knew yeah. that's a pejorative, racist fucking shit to say. Right. So I looked it up because I, I, that's all you ever hear. And then there were none was originally titled this. Uh, and I, I, never in America, bro, because even in America in the 40s, we knew like, that's a little inflammatory, that's, Agatha. That's a little much, Agatha. Aggie, yeah, what you doing, Aggie? Come on, girl. Like, well, like, I'm as racist as the next guy, but that's a bridge too far. But see, that, but that was the weird thing about that, where I'm just like, okay, were the British somehow unaware that this was a super racist thing? Because didn't, it didn't change in England until, like, the 60s or 70s, homie. Like, they kept that shit going for a while. Yeah. And it's just weird to me that, like, they didn't understand. Well, Same thing with, know, like... I, I don't, I don't know a lot about like racism in other countries other than this one. Like uh, when I think about racism and civil rights, I always view it through the prism of America. because That's what I know, but I don't know what it's like in Britain. What do you think that's about? Surely racism is not, obviously racism is not. Yeah, yeah, it isn't. It isn't. But I think that we link that to us because our form of slave slavery, not new in the world. 
slavery right. based on fucking race was new when we started doing that shit right like our idea of it because you could be a white like slave like that wasn't a thing yeah usually it was religious slavery right or right. like economic slavery or something like that so yeah. i think that's why it's so closely in embedded in our dna our co country's dna because we literally for half of our existence were like you ain't as good i can own you you know what i mean right. which is like a whole thing everywhere else it's a little bit different I, obviously it exists <laughs> don't 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 quote me man like i don't like half the shit i'm saying here <laughs> things that i say um uh, but but it's really interesting because there obviously is racism in all these other countries too and england doesn't seem to get that shit like that's what it's crazy to me where it's right. like how doesn't england get like they owned the whole world at some point how right. do they how, how do they sit up with an air of superiority towards anybody you know uh, well i mean you we did just talk about how uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely and they absolutely owned like most of the world for a long time so and then gandhi happened and they're like oh wait a minute maybe we don't well don't, but see but that's one thing. example no because it's yeah. like you're right british colonized india colonized mm -hmm. fucking uh china yeah. africa the oh. fucking everywhere <laughs> let's just make a shorter list everywhere right. they colonized everywhere and then they like my big point is merrick my old boss would be like i don't understand why you have a bill of rights like you'd be really incredulous about it mm -hmm. and i'd be like like you don't understand the oppressor <laughs> why other people would want protection in writing You're like right. you can't understand that concept it's just crazy to me man because it's like they did they they have somehow separated their horrible past from who they are now when you think right. english you think this like liberal jewel even though they're going through their own bullshit right now they still yeah. have the nhs you know what i mean they have they, it's, yeah i, I mean they, they have the accent that is literally like culturally related to being reasonable like if you're british you sound like an authority <laughs> on something and that's like deep in our fucking brain like that's right like, animal like things like hunger and stuff we just know that if you have a british accent we can trust that guy right not but, but not only that little things man my friend nick is married to a chinese woman who learned english through in the english <laughs> like you know what i mean like because they, they were still a presence there even though they left in 97 she went to school in london like she knows the king's or the queen's english rather okay and it's weird because you see like Indian people all the time with British accents. And you're like, what the fuck's that about? Right? Like a little bit. And, but you just realize it's like, oh, you didn't have a chance. Like you're growing yeah. up thinking this is normal. This is not normal. Yeah. Like you are a, the result. Weird, by the way, I hope you know that. <laughs> you're a fucking outcast, man. Seriously, to be British Indian, do you think that they're like shitty uh, amongst themselves? Like other Indian people are like, fuck you, you oppressor. Like Probably. I don't know. We got to get one on here. You think Freda Pinto's available? You think we could hit her up and be like, "What's up? What do you she's know about?" Available, man. She's always ready to jump in on a podcast and give. She's a worker. She's a goddamn workhorse. Okay. It's the job done. Oh, Just God. like Red Bull. Yes, and that's the only thing it does. Okay. Because <laughs> it knows its fucking place in the world. Um. The other day, I took some fucking NyQuil and then woke up at like 2 a.m. because I now have a, a tolerance to NyQuil. Um, and the Flintstones was on. And yeah. that's secretly an acid trip of a TV show, bro. <laughs> like, that's just, fucked up. Just like conceptually? 
like the fact that they use animals as appliances or thank you no that literally is the horrific underbelly of the entire show which is just like they're using fucking uh armadillos as toilet scrubs hey it's a living like it's the worst shit in the world man like do they are they fairly compensated do they get to go home at the end of the day or are they always they never there? address the issue which is the bigger problem okay like, there's never a moment where like he has to like go to the bathroom or whatever and like the fucking pelican uh prehistoric pelican is like not there and he's like right. what do i do do i take a shit now he flew the fucking coop man he yeah. left he got out of there man. i mean and like and you understand that in shifts and like the other guy's running late because of traffic or something like there had to be <laughs> oh my god yeah come on that implies that he has a car to get stuck in traffic into he's not making that kind of bank bro like it's, it's indentured servitude at best yeah at like best. they just allow them to not be extinct because uh, they as toilets or as factory horns it's just a really dark underbelly. Like, it really is talking about the caste system and racism, and everyone just swallowed that shit up, son. People were fine with it. And I'm sure if we go back now, we would see, like, because the guy who's like, it's a living, he had, like, an effeminate thing. Like, they were trying to say, homosexuals must be subservient. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those things. I'm sure if we go back, if we watch it with millennial eyeballs. I mean, like what, like uh, gay coding and stuff like that it was probably all over that shit. Like that's what sure. vampires are or were back in the day. It was a pure Europeans and uh, queer coding. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. All right, what is the where we hold on? That that was a that was a bombshell. Homosexual and Europeans, right? All right, yeah. so explain why Europeans at first? Because not every like Dracula is from Transylvania, which definitely yeah. sounds more fucking. That's like, Eastern European, right? So, like, right. like, that's like this fear of Eastern European culture and influence, which hadn't really migrated in an understandable way over to uh, England at the time. So, you associated that with like uh, people like gypsies or people who were uh, culturally sucking off of the teat of England, like vampires, right? They were draining the country of its resources. It was basically a fear of immigration. So Bram Stoker wrote that shit as a manifesto, as a fucking revolutionary guide to yeah. killing immigrants, basically. Yeah, it's pretty anti-immigrant, probably. But people revere it. They're just like, do well, so people no, like, stumble upon <laughs> great literature? It's like, look, yeah, it's racist, but if you read the prose, it's fucking great, man. You can look right. <laughs> he got the job done. Um, you know, the Red yeah. Bull of writers. And just the same way that like wolves were popular around the whole like uh, prohibition of alcohol, like because a werewolf is uh, standing for being a fucking alcoholic drunk. You don't remember what happens the next day. You wake up covered in like blood and stuff, and you're like, "How the fuck did that happen?" Just like you know, drunk. Stuff. I've never been that <laughs> drunk. I need it, but I'm, I'm sure it happens. Okay, but, but you know, you got to think about in the back winds, the way back winds. <laughs> I think I've blackout drank moonshine once in my life. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They were fermenting like some fucking like onions they found or some mushrooms. They're like, all right, they drank yeah, it. Drinking jet fuel, like whatever they could to just get as plastered as possible because they didn't have YouTube back then to like fucking like opiate of the masses. They had to get fucking fucked up. See, that's really beautiful because that just means like all of our monsters are, are self-reflections of ourselves. That's essentially yeah, what it it's is. It's like this monster no, don't brought know. to you by Monster. I don't get a dime of this monster money, so you keep fucking you know, pimping it out. But. You know what I'm thankful for is that I got to unleash the beast today. <laughs> anyway. Um, I hate you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
So yeah. what were we saying? Yeah, you know, or like how Godzilla represents the atomic bomb, you know, all these monsters stood in for shit, and then True Blood comes along. It's like, no, now the, um, uh, the vampires are gay people. You know, God hates fangs. God hates fangs? Why can't a monster just be a monster? Why does it have, have to have subtext? That's my question. Um... Uh, uh, anyway, so listen, man. Uh, so wait, what's Swamp Thing then? What's his? What's Mummy? I guess Mummy is the fear of dead, not knowing what's on the other side. It's also like a fear of like uh, mysticism in other cultures. Like that's again like a xenophobic kind of thing, or the idea of like, uh, yeah, yeah, like mysticism in general. Okay, see, I've always looked at the Universal Monsters as like their own mob squad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as just these badasses who hang out buddy cops you know the expendables like, of the, like the, the, the mummy and like fucking dr jekyll like hanging out solving crimes. yes that's all they do yeah that's what the dceu is going to be or not dceu the, <laughs> the uh, dark universe the, the dark, dark universal. U- uh, universal dark the udue some I don't know fucked up called. acronym yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then it just here's my problem with all of those died things. with the mummy. Yeah. It's like, look, vampire, uh, mostly indestructible, can only hang out at night, though, right? Right. It's got to have uh, some limitation because it's got like all the other powers. It's basically mummy, Superman. the p- most powerful. Because I mean, what you gonna do to a mummy? You gonna pull his fucking thing off? I mean, that's all you can do to a mummy. He's chilling, okay? <laughs> pull his uh, thing swamp thing. I guess he needs to be like near a swamp, so that limits him. Right. Uh, Wolfman's a real liability because that fucker, if we're being real, oh, is like if all- he's on the team, yeah, like because he's like only effective for fucking like three days out of the month, and if it's and you can't that- control him either. He's not working in your interests. Yeah, even on those three days, he's a fucking loose cannon. He's not someone that you can tell to give him a task. Okay, and it's not like he's a scientist like by day. He's just a guy. Yeah, what is Wolf. Wolfman's origin story? He's just a like a count or some shit. Like, what's he's his deal? Some- some guy I think some rich account. fucking he's aristocrat Benicio del toro just running around being like uh i've got to tax you now or whatever he did he was a taxman he was an accountant maybe, maybe he was the fucking g-man going around taking fucking tithe man like it's terrible i don't, I don't fucking know man you ever see ginger snaps yeah 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 i had an ex-girlfriend who's really obsessed with it it was weird it's a good movie yeah but they made like seven of them though. <laughs> they got weirder. Well, and, and they, they each one got better. <laughs> That's maybe yeah. one of the only trilogies or like film franchises. I'm not even fucking kidding that like actually gets better with every movie. Mission Impossible. It's one of the only Transformers. Fast and Furious. Are you even being serious right now? Yo, Bumblebee's got a na- Bumblebee. Listen, you, listen, Max. You and me. We are big fans of a boy and his dog, okay? Like, that is one of the simplest fucking forms of storytelling. It's effective. It's beautiful. They do this. They do a girl and her horse story with Bumblebee, apparently, man. Apparently, it's really fucking pretty. Well, if it's the only good one, then that's good, I guess. But I don't like a single Transformers movie. That first one's okay, specifically compared to the second and third and fourth and fifth. In hindsight, it's good. But, like, (laughs) it's just got no sense of pacing, man. It's a piece of shit. And I stand by that. Well, thank you for standing by things. I'm not. That's what um, we need. Standards um, <laughs> in a world full of standards. Yeah, standards, not standards. I feel like you're being a little bit facetious right now. I think you're being a little less than sincere. <laughs> oh, man. I, I really I'm going to stand that. for the rest of this podcast. Hey, here's something. <laughs> uh, Swiss Army knife. I found a Swiss Army knife. Here's the problem with this. They make it sound like there's a lot of utility to them. 
But other than this fucking screwdriver, they're all just like knives. <laughs> like there's no There's a can opener in there, right? Yeah, but it's basically a knife, man. Like I've opened all these fucking things you know, up. Speaking of can openers, by the way, did you hear about this? That like there's this like new thing. You know how like there's these series of articles that are blaming millennials for killing restaurants and killing this and killing that and not spending right. their money on this. Uh, apparently now we're killing canned tuna because and the theory is that we don't know how to open cans well so we've my parents didn't know how to open cans either they had the can machine they had the canner yeah well that's all we need to know about that look at this they're all knives though max they're all fucking knives like different ways to kill you you know you need short knife medium knife (laughs) long long knife knife. (laughs) longer knife you never know never fucking know it's always a um all right i do want to talk about one last thing i got one last thing to talk about we talked about it a little bit before so i'm sorry to bring it up again but it's something that's near and dear to my heart okay all right i read humpty dumpty bro i read humpty dumpty the other day (laughs) i need you to hear me out on this all right like i know we've talked about this already but this really fucked me up i definitely didn't see that coming i thought it would be like maybe about like fucking monster energy drinks again or like no talk about no no it's not here's the thing about humpty dumpty there is nothing on this fucking poem that makes you page nothing on the page that suggests he's an egg egg, okay uh and i really want we didn't get to the bottom of this the first time i talked about this so let's get into this okay i'm gonna read you the poem humpty dumpty sat on a wall Mm. humpty dumpty had a great fall all the king horses and all the king's men couldn't put humpty dumpty together again okay so think about this where in that is he a fucking egg? Uh, I don't know. Nowhere. Where did no. this fucking big egg conspiracy fucking start? Okay, man? so this is a conspiracy now. This well, is a I mean, conspiracy. is it maybe just that an artist said, hey, like kind of like an egg, how an egg breaks, and then they drew an egg guy, and then people took, took that and ran with it? Okay, sure, that's fine, but that's wrong. (laughs) You can think that, but you've been wrong your whole fucking life, okay? Humpty Dumpty's a goddamn Adonis, okay? He's a perfect specimen of fucking male fitness. Uh, Hanging out on a wall for some reason. And he got broken to the point that, like, all the horses and men. That's where it fucks me up. Why are the horses well, are the getting horses in doing? on the repair? <laughs> Back like, in the day, what does horse repair had, look like? They had the medical license. They have hooves. Well, they would not be effective tool users. But that's my point. All right, let's say that he is an egg. What the fuck are these men going to do? What are they uh, going to do? Well, nothing. What are the horses going to do? I mean, like, I guess, like, if he's, in, if he's, like, a hollow egg, maybe? And they could, like, kind of glue him back together? With what glue? They had glue the back horse then? glue. The, oh, man. How- you use the horses to make glue. Let me ask you a question. Again. When did we figure out that you could make maybe, glue with horses? Maybe that's where the horses come into it. Maybe after they burned enough horses and they're like, what's this sticky stuff? And they're like, oh, my hands are stuck together. And some guy was like, that's it. That's what we've been missing. Is that the only way to make glue? Because I'm going to be really anti-glue in a minute. <laughs> Isn't that the reason that like glue has the Elmer's uh, logo is like a cow? Is because they keep melting cows? Oh, well, cows. Are, that's fine. They, they tried to make it cute. By putting yeah. a cartoon cow, he's like, I endorse this. Who gives a shit about it? Sort of it, like man. Mr. Peanut, the Mr. Peanut of it all, where it's like he's Our greatest representing yeah. <laughs> the massacre of his own kind, which I think was a robot chicken sketch. They put a, a, a fucking fancy face on it and said, yeah, it's okay, like robot. 
Robots, peanuts. Sorry, I don't know why I said robots. It's my bad. I'm drunk, Max. I've had three mimosas. It's Christmas Eve. Wow. I'm dead sober. Except for that monster you're having. Well, that doesn't count, bro. Whatever. We're getting off the point here. My my larger point here is that it makes more sense if he's a guy. He breaks some bones, and they get his best bone doctors to go out there. All the bone doctors and all the horse doctors. You can't listen. You don't want to start getting into a pissing contest about you're a human. Who is Humpty Dumpty in the society that all of the king's horses and men all tried to put him back together? Well, because if he's a person, it makes sense. If he's an egg, you're like, why are we wasting the resources? Surely there's a war coming up. What are you doing? That said, maybe it was a mascot situation. Maybe he was like the Rudy of it all. You know, (laughs) like if you had a talking egg and he was always sitting on walls and being jolly or whatever like he would be like an inspiration to your troops you know like he he would be like the light the shining light in the darkness like at least we have the talking egg and he's adorable right i guess my question is like is this a cautionary tale like what are we supposed to be taking away from humpty dumpty i mean is it like an icarus thing like don't fly too close to the sun uh don't be an egg and sit on a wall um i don't know I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just reading different versions of it now, and it's like there's a Humpty Dumpty laying a back with all the sinews around his neck. Ew. Forty doctors and forty rights couldn't put Humpty Dumpty to rights. Is that I mean, a missing verse? I mean, it's like yeah, they, they found this is the the third tablet of commandments. These are, that they these found. are like the Dead Sea Scrolls that proves <laughs> that this egg existed. Jesus Christ! He was real folklore, no longer. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty, or was he just like a real, just just real bro that people loved? He was just a regular guy, and he fell off a wall. Well, see now that if you go into it, they're saying that this motherfucker had what is it? What is it? Prosopagnosia, which is like the the inability to uh, recognize faces. Like there's a whole there's a whole rabbit hole to fall down here with Humpty Dumpty. That's all I'm really? saying. Man. It, was it Lewis Carroll that popularized the whole him, him being an egg thing? Oh, did he? It says, in Through the Looking Glass, Humpty Dumpty appears, and Alice remarks that he looks exactly like an egg, and he find, which he finds very provoking. Okay. Uh, Lewis Carroll is a known pedophile, so I don't give a fuck about Lewis Carroll. Wait, Lewis Carroll's a pedophile? Yo, man, Alice in Wonderland, I think he like tied a bitch up in his room and then like gave her some mushrooms or something. Are you basing this on something that happened, or are you just I, saying it? Are you just dropping that out there and just saying that? Listen, you I know it kind of reminds me of like, it, I'm sorry, in twelfth grade English, um, my teacher casually remarked that Shel Silverstein was a pedophile, and he goes, "I think I heard that," haha, and then walked away. Is he not? No. All right, Shel Silverstein, pedophilia. <laughs> Fucking first thing to pop up, bro. First thing. <laughs> Tend band poets. No, I'm joking. There's nothing here. But yeah, there's nothing there. But it's just it was so irresponsible. Okay. Authority. Well, I don't want to be pedophile. Maybe I don't want to be irresponsible. So Lois Carroll, pedophile. Pedo. I there is a part on his Wikipedia that's like discussion of sexual preferences, but it needs uh, citations for verification. Look, Lewis Carroll was a goddamn fucking freak. And all I know is that Humpty Dumpty wasn't an egg. I, just, I need to lay my flag on that moon right now. Hmm. Well. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. 
um yeah no there is a paragraph here that's talking about how he had uh befriended quote unquote a lot of child friends who were girls in their late teens and 20s uh suggestions of pedophilia emerged only after many years after his death when his well-meaning family had suppressed all evidence of his relationships with women in an effort to preserve his reputation so he didn't tie alice up i could have swore he tied this alice lady up and just wrote down whatever she was saying about yeah he gave her some ecstasy and was like what are you what are you seeing and she's like cats man fucking cats (laughs) so he was like down at the club scored some x brought it back to his child prisoner and was yeah. like, all right, now tell me what you see. <laughs> Fucking cats, man. <laughs> cats, man. Instead of him right, just got it. it. What else? Other than cats. <laughs> Rabbits, Keep man. going. Do you go need deeper. more? I have to go all the way back to the club. It's going to take me like a day and a half. I live in a small town. Yeah, this is back in the day, man. You had to get a fucking horse carriage. I told you that to this was ready. top tier shit. I don't know. It shouldn't be wearing off. Jesus Christ, oh, man! Jesus I don't want Carol, to. What a you. fucking freak! Oh, so you're on my side? Yes, I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, he was taking pictures of little girls and shit. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, fuck Lewis Carroll and his depiction of Humpty Dumpty. While we're at it, thank Humpty you. Dumpty was a regular man, as far as we know. <laughs> Stop the fucking egg conspiracy, man! I'm over this you shit. Convince me. I don't know who profits from the egg thing. I guess Lewis Carroll and his fucking piece of shit descendants carrying on his genes his lying myth-making egg genes <laughs> wait he bore he bore egg children <laughs> Is this what, that's the real conspiracy like yo man he, he had very deformed egg children and he was trying to normalize it in society like wouldn't it be great if like humpty dumpty was an egg wouldn't it be great if my kids were also eggs he was just trying to point to anything and be like, that, but an egg. And the only thing that stuck was Humpty Dumpty. Right. He's like, look, I'm a freak. My kids are freaks. So, right, I got to do what I can. Why? why? Isn't he British? Like, why does he have that voice? I got to do what I can. Come on. He's fucking, he's oh, forget about Travolta and Saturday Night Fever, man. <laughs> just eating pizza in Bay Ridge. Talk oh, about eggs. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about eggs with his egg kids. Man, I gotta go to the club. <laughs> gotta get some ecstasy so I can write my novel. Ecstasy. <laughs> don't laugh at that. Don't, don't, don't do it. That hey, was. Well, why'd you say it? Why'd I don't know. It? I don't know. Why do we say anything? Wow. Wow. Oh. No, no, I didn't mean it like that, man. Come back. Come I, back. I can't throw away a zip. <laughs> I, I zipped my mouth and then I threw away a key that did nothing. It's not a part of I the mean, algebra. Like, I don't understand the whole zipping your mouth shut thing. Like, that's like the most easily opened thing ever. It's not like there's a lock on it. Like, put a lock on it and then you can't open your mouth. But like, zip, just zip it. Well, you're supposed to zip it and then put a padlock. Oh, then you put a padlock it, in the zip. Throw away the key. Throw away the key. Eat the now, key. Whoa. Zip it up. Oh. Lock. Okay. It's a multi-step process, or you could just not talk and show some self-restraint. Just a bunch of knives, Max. That's all that's <laughs> going on here. 